0: I'm Kelly Harrell, author, modern animist, and creator of the Weekly Rune. Intent Arts is my soul-tending practice, and you're listening to What in the Weird, my podcast in which I talk about runes, animism, soul-tending, and how each of those intersects through sacred activism on my path. The Weekly Rune is out, and if you're not sure what it is, it's a rune cast that I've done for years, focused on the runic calendar and the current half-month rune. You can find the archive of all of the runecasts on my site, soulintentarts.com, and if you're not sure what a half-month is, listen to the early episodes of What in the Weird, or just go read the weekly rune at Soul Intent Arts. It's explained at the beginning of every runecast. I want to thank all of my Patreon supporters who make the sharing of my rune work through the RuneCast and this podcast possible with their financial support. If you'd like to support the weekly rune, you get access to the full RuneCast, no ads, more details on the RuneCast, weekly prompts for engaging the half-month rune in your personal work, and a Galder recording for how to work with the weekly RuneCast through chanting you can contribute as little or as much as you'd like and the rewards scale according to what you'd like to receive. And if you don't want any rewards, you just want to show your support, you're welcome to do that. Go to patreon.com and search for the Weekly Rune. You can also subscribe to the free version of the Weekly Rune by going to soulintentarts.com. And thank you so much for doing that. Coming out of TiWAS is a big deal. Whether we're talking about working with it from a seasonal flow, or even just as it comes up in casts or spreads, it portends a dynamic or a time that's fraught, right? I mean, that's why people kind of freak out when they see it. At minimum, it's pointing to change that we're required to initiate, knowing that it's gonna bring really big life shifts. Let's just pause for a second on that. Staying with the seasonal progression from T'was to Burkana, we're asked to assess our battle scars. In the last episode, we talked about the berserker moments that T'was brings our attention to, and I want to talk a little bit more about that. In short, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, is an altered state of consciousness. We talked about it last time as being soul loss, but it's also a kind of trance state. And in my line of work, Soul Tending, we learn methods of accessing altered states for spiritual connection. I mean, that's one way that we make animism an active thing in our lives. We go into it literally by changing our brain waves and consciousness to gain insight that's brought back and implemented. That's the role of the shaman. There are other kinds of trance states that are less beneficial though, and one of them is a post-traumatic stress state. When you're post-traumatic, you're not here. You're reliving some harmful dynamic, a response to which has been triggered by a dynamic in the present. It's like worlds overlapping. You're here, but you're not all here. You're in that other time and place feeling and experiencing that dynamic as if it was right now, right here. Our senses become overlaid with an entirely different experience than the one that we're really having. And the body and brain can't tell the difference. They, they just respond. That is a form of trance. And in the case of PTSD, I would argue That it's a form of berserker trance that's long overstayed its needfulness. There most likely was a time that slipping into that mode kept you alive. It kept you functional. Yet when we've survived the trauma, we have to reintegrate into everyday life. And I'm not saying that in any cavalier fashion. I'm a survivor of childhood sexual assault healing that PTSD is what put me on a path of soul tending. So when I talk about this, I'm not preaching a damn thing. I know what it's like to be in berserker mode long after the battle. And it's not effective. It's not healthy. And it doesn't do shit to build relationships or whole lives or to put you in a place to effectively respond to your calling to be a fit elder to become a helpful ancestor. And that's why we're doing any of this, right? I mean, that's why we're even having this dialogue. And and that's my personal motto. That's why I get up in the morning. To be a fit elder so that upon my death, I will be a beneficial ancestor. Period. End of story. I know that we can pick apart the order of the Elder Futhark all day. And really, I love listening to different people's perspectives on what the various orders are, why they think they are. Truth told, I'm an Utharkist, not a Futharkist, whole other topic. But working with the order that we have, Burkana follows Tiwaz. Tiwaz, the PTSD rune, the rune of the Berserker post-battle, and what that means to me, what that ordering of Burkhana coming next means to me, is that the forces of all things that dropped the runes for us to work with knew that we needed to heal. They knew that those kinds of life situations would arise and we would need something to bring us back from them. But we all know by now that the runes don't hand us a damn thing. They don't care if you're wounded or traumatized. They don't care about your personal details. My feeling on that is that the runes are a force of nature, and nature is raw consciousness. It only knows go, keep moving, get it done. And humans, because we're not socialized as animists anymore, don't know how to do that healthily. We know how to do it instinctively. We know how to cover our butts instinctively, but we don't know how to do it healthfully. And we don't know how to sense our own needs and boundaries, like how to figure out figuratively how to reroute when the resources aren't available. We've forgotten how to do those things well. So yay runes, right? We have at least one set of tools that can give insight into how to do that, how to change course, thus change the outcome. Most people don't think of the runes as tools for living life well, but I think that's exactly what they are and what they tell us to do after battle is heal. Burkana is one of the few closure runes that doesn't occur at the end of an et. Awas is another, just a side note. But Burkana is a point of dues paid where we should and need to take the time to sit back and process what's transpired. A nuance of Burkana, Is that of the midwife, which implies direct involvement in facilitating something to life, yet an emotional detachment to stay out of the way of the process. And I think that's a component of perkana that gets left out, but it's a really big deal. When you're coming off a berserker moment in your life, how emotionally detached are you? Because I'm not. In my moments of insanity, I would eat you whole. I'm not emotionally detached at all, and we're not expected to be. I feel like in a lot of ways, the new age has created this whitewashed space of emotional bypassing just as much as it's created spiritual bypassing, in which we're always, always supposed to take the high road. We're always supposed to be centered, and if we're not, we're doing life wrong. No. Just no. The runes teach us that life is life and good luck with it. The point of power is how we respond. That's the active point in how we weave our weird. And Burkana tells us to take care, self-care, which can mean stand on your boundaries, reassess your needs. It can mean snuggle in a blanket for 30 minutes a day, go for a walk by the lake, spend time with a really good friend, or binge watch a good place on Netflix. Th- those are all useful things. They keep us comforted. But sometimes self-care means enlisting the right people from your dream team to bring in resources that you don't have. And neither does the good place. I mean, that's another thing that the new age has done. It's kind of told us that we're supposed to be jacks of all trades. You're supposed to be a nutritionist to control your mood swings and a Reiki master to keep your second chakra right. And a grand alchemist to manifest prosperity. No, no, we're not supposed to be good at everything or even skilled in everything. And the idea that we should is supremacist. It's isolating and it props up the idea that some people are better than others. When in reality, we all have our own calling to bear to the world. Our ability to support other people in bearing their calling by asking for help when we need it, that's community. It's not just, you know, the, the sound healing thing to do. That's animism. That's interfunctioning. That's community. We have this idea that when we talk about showing up for community, that it means taking on a leadership role. Again, no. It can also mean getting help when you need it. So that Others have the opportunity to lead where they're called and so that you get what you need to stay a well member of that community. I say all of this to assert that in the next couple of weeks, ask for the help you need from the specialist who can provide it, whatever it is. This gesture signals the end of the berserker mode. It begins the song that sings your soul parts home. It supports all the battle-worn parts of you who need a reboot. So yes, Burkana, self-care, dues paid. Let's be here. Really here. Really now. That's it for this episode. If you have questions or insights about working with the runes in season or you just need a cheerleader feel free to email me at kelly at com, or call in through the Anchor app, which you can download for Android or iPhone. Also, check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes and all the other podcast platforms out there. If you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which is a podcast that I co-host with a couple of other lovely ladies also on Anchor. And other podcasts you might enjoy are Around Grandfather Fire, hosted by James Stovall and Sarah Odinson, and also Why Shamanism Now, hosted by Christina Pratt. You can learn more about me and my work by visiting soulintonarts.com or on Instagram at Kelly Soul Arts. I'm Kelly, and this has been What in the Weird.